George Bush actually said, as he's been quoted, that he believes people who are not believers, people who are atheists, should not be accorded the same citizenship as a believer. And when did he say that? I don't know. I was reading it in... Um, I've been trying to get through Richard Dawkins' book, The God Delusion, and he does mention... He does quote it in here somewhere. Here's it, what I would say. Is, is even if George Bush has that opinion, it doesn't yeah. change the law. Unless he really feels he's speaking for most Americans. And, and why would <clears> anybody <throat> think that? <laughs> well, that's a good point. Welcome to You Are the Guest, a weekly show where you can be the guest and tell people what you and your friends and neighbors think about news events and issues of the day. It's part talk show, part opinion poll, part reality show, and a whole lot of fun. And it's completely dependent upon your participation as a guest. To be considered as a guest for a future show, check out the website at www.youaretheguest.com for details. Now here is your program host, Bill Grady. Greetings from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, and welcome to show number 86 of You Are the Guest, the show where we talk to everyday people just like you and me about their lives and about the issues of the day. As promised, here's part two of our conversation with Alex and Lyndon of the band Three Blind Mice. When you think about America, do you also take a look at some of the values that we have, for example, some of the maybe civil rights issues or maybe some of the religious issues that the country seems to have? Well, they, they seem to play a big part in the character of the nation, certainly. Mm. And Much in more what, so and in what than way? here. Well, one thing I see which is maybe... Maybe it's the same here, but it's not so extreme. In America, we see America as a sort of country of extremes. And in America, the chances of, the chances of an atheist being voted president of the United States are far slimmer than a gay president, for instance. And, and why do you think that is? Or, God forbid, a woman president. Or, or a woman, but they'd rather have a woman president or a gay president than an atheistic president. And why that? Why is that? I don't know. This is this is the thing that's vexing me because, um, as America wasn't founded, actually on one religion at all. Could uh, could Britain have a atheist prime minister? I believe that I could imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. Really. In fact, we, we with, with with the Queen and the royal family. I d yes, I do believe that. Although wow. Tony Blair kept claims to be very religious. He's just um, apparently converting this week to Catholicism. Yes. Um, I th I'm sure we've had, we have had atheistic prime ministers. I mean, you, I mean, America has actually had atheistic presidents, but... Or um, if they're not atheist, then, I mean, I don't know anything about Winston Churchill's religious beliefs. No, I, don't I don't know anything about um, see when I think you, you see Harold Wilson's religious beliefs. See when you say uh, atheist, I think you you mean somebody that is publicly opposed to religion. And I think a oh, lot no. of lot of presidents, for example, may not have been really religious, um, yeah. and may have kind of walked the line whatsoever. But none of them have come out and say, you know, I think religion is a bunch of crap. Yeah, I don't think that atheism necessarily means you have to be publicly opposed or even privately opposed to be atheistic without God. Yeah. It just means that there is no God as your 
uh, as your guide. Yes. yes. And, and tell he, me, how does that work in British government? Because yeah, it I mean, seems it, to me British government would also have those same types of chains that bind. Mm. I, I think that I don't know whether British politicians believe that it's essential to appear religious to 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 get into office. Mm. And I, seems... I don't think American politicians see that either. Right. Is that right? It's just that um, I imagine that the, the atheist presidents, when I say atheist, I mean somebody who who doesn't believe in a in a supernatural being that created the universe. That's what I mean by atheism rather than somebody who's anti-religious. I don't mean someone who's anti-religious. Yeah. At all. I, as I said, I don't think being atheist necessarily means you would be anti. And I think not believing in God doesn't necessitate standing up and saying religion is pointless. That's right. Yeah. So what would you believe in if you didn't believe in a superior being? You would probably be uh, existentialist. You would be reading Sartre and that kind of thing. And you would be saying, I am master of my destiny. I am in a pointless, aimless un universe. And my life mm. is, is that I, about... In other words, you're God. saying that you are God at that particular point. No, you're saying you're master of your own destiny. There, that you could not be God if you did not believe in a supernatural being. You could not claim to be God. You wouldn't say that if you were existentialist, would you? You would be just saying that your life um, is uh, a process of, of creating opportunity to make choices. That's all. That's I think that's basically in a nutshell what existentialism. Okay, and is. what what religions do you find that prohibit people from that? Free will. Catholicism, Judaism, Muslimism. The problem, we, of course, we see with, with religion is that it's divisive rather than, in, rather than inclusive all, in general. All, all religions or just certain ones? All your major uh, ones, your major religion groups, you know, like uh, protein. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that... I can, can you think of a religion which is more... What, a religion which is more inclusive than another? Is Buddhism a religion? Buddhism uh, is a religion, correct. It is a religion. Or is it a philosophy? No, it's a, I think it's a religion, I think. Although they, do don't, Buddhists, they, don't worship, they don't worship a supernatural being, as far as I know. Do Buddhists... Uh, Buddha, I don't know, I'm asking... Well, you've got the Buddha. Of course, of course. But wasn't Buddha... A, but he was a prophet. A real, a real person. Well, they pray to Buddha. Yeah, right. Uh, no, for, okay, my, for the my sake disclaimer of is that I don't know that much about Buddhism. But yeah. let's say for for, it, for 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 this argument that, that Buddhism is I'm sure uh, it's akin a to a religion. Let's yeah. say, does Buddhism um, embrace homosexuality? Well, there is a religion which is very tolerant of it, and that's uh, we, Victoria was telling mentioning that it was. No, I, was, I, I did see a documentary on, on a religion which actually was very tolerant towards minority groups like that. Right. And well, it, was, it was, it wasn't Hinduism, but it was something Eastern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all I'm trying to say, the question was um, which, which religions are exclusive and which religions, which religions are, are inclusive. inclusive. I actually... And, I, and I, I don't know enough about Buddhism to know whether you can be a gay Buddhist and, and not be in fear of uh, persecution. Um, I don't know of a religion that says, um, come in, you bald, black, lesbian, Jewish, 
mother, uh, unmarried mother of six, come in. I don't know of any religion that welcomes those people in and then doesn't immediately say, it's okay you being gay, you can think about it, but you just mustn't do it. You mustn't actually live your life. But I think the, 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 the moderate wing of um, the Church of England is very... They tends to be very inclusive. Yes, but they say that uh, homosexuality is a sin. Man shall not lie with man. Yeah. And you can be homosexual, you can have the desire, you mustn't practice it. But here, here, here's what I've found when I've had... And that's not inclusive, is it? That's exclusive. I suppose, Because if yeah. you are going to practice it, if you're going to say, no, I can't worship a god that says my sexuality is deviant, here, I didn't ask to... Go on, sorry, Bill. Uh, here's what I found when I've talked with people about religion, is that very few people will, even though that they're members of a church or members of a religion, will agree with every single point of the religious doctrine. Okay. For okay. example, I've, I've met many Catholics who practice birth control. Okay. And so I think you also have to take a look at and, and separate the religion from the church member. Or the religious member, because some yeah. uh, some, I, I will, also, some will say, some okay, will. I follow it to the letter, but most probably won't. So what you're saying is that most people will be selective in what they believe. Or, or they take it as a smorgasbord, if you will. They'll say, okay, I agree with the vast majority of this because this is what I grew up with, but, yeah. you know, I'm not completely committed to this point or that right. point. And I think... That is one of the things when, when a candidate says that they're, they're religious or they believe in God, I think, you know, that's a good thing. But I also don't think that they're going to make all these business or political decisions based on their religion or go back quoting scripture saying, well, this is how I voted. <clears throat> yes. I, I think that would, that would be uh, political suicide by anybody. Tony yes. Blair said, I, I, I have heard a report, Tony Blair said that he condoned the war in Iraq because God told him. And that's apparently Bush said the same thing. And do you think they believe that wholeheartedly? Was that a soundbite? If he said it as a soundbite, well, then he needs to be publicly flogged. I, I don't, people are dying yeah, I, for I a soundbite. I, I don't know why anybody would say such a thing unless he'd had a vision, and I find that very unlikely. So I don't know where yeah, that... There's many things, but a visionary, I think not. <laughs> or a prophet, because that's, that's what most prophets yeah. say, correct? Yeah. Yes, I don't... Yes, the only problem I have is when, if, if I'm persuaded to believe in something, because... Believing in something is not a matter of persuasion. It's a matter. There is always going to be, be debate. To believe belief contains belief contains an awful lot of doubt. I think. Um, so faith, faith includes faith, doubt. Faith includes doubt, and there will be debate. And you will. <clears throat> I think the truly faithful wrestle with doubt. I really yeah. do, because <clears throat> of what they see around them. It's very hard to remain faithful in this what seems to be a, a godforsaken world. Yes, um, I don't. Do you think it's true, Bill, that George Bush actually said, as he's been quoted, that he believes that people who are not believers, people who are atheists, should not be...
be accorded the same citizenship as a believer. And when did he say that? <clears throat> I don't know. I was reading it in... Um, I've been trying to get through Richard Dawkins' book, The God Delusion, and he does mention... He does quote it in here somewhere. He was quoted as saying that. I suspect <clears throat> that what we'll have to do <clears throat> is find the quote in question and get back to you with that piece of information because okay. we could be here all night trying right. to find it in Dawkins' book. Here, here's, here's what I would say. Is, is even if George Bush has that opinion... It doesn't yeah. change the law. You know, yes. the, the, the law is, is what is enforced. I mean, George yes, Bush yes. can say, hey, you know what? If people from Mars come down, you're still not going to be an American citizen. Yes. Even if Martians were born in here, and say, for example, Martians came down and one Martian was born on American soil. Mm -hmm. And he yes. says, well, guess what? That one Martian can't be considered American citizen because they come from another world. Well, yeah. no. If you're born in America, you're an automatic citizen because that's the law. That's the, the question, law, yeah. The yeah. question was that um, it wasn't where you were born that uh, dictated whether you were an American or had the same citizenship. It was whether you believed in God. Uh, I, I, I haven't read the quote, so I'm understanding from what Lyndon has said that George Bush said that he believes that people who don't believe in God should not be afforded the same citizenship as those who do. Now, if he said that, that really is it's bizarre. Uh, religion be becoming inveigled with, with uh, legislature at, at the highest, legislature at the highest level. Isn't well, I, I if just, that's I true, just, and I don't I, even know if it's I, true. I disagree with that, because right. even if he has that opinion, mm -hmm. it, doesn't, it only becomes dangerous when it is actually brought to the Congress as a law. Right. Yes, as, a, as an amendment. Right. For possibly, example, yeah. he, he can sit there and give his opinions, blah, 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 but people shouldn't get riled up about it as, wow, you know, this is actually dangerous until there is a motion or there is a bill brought to the House of Representatives and the United States Senate that says, this is how we're going to change the law. If that makes yes, sense. Yes, of course. Of course, yes. It's not dangerous. Yeah. Something he just happens to say is not in itself Right. Just, just because he says it doesn't make it law, it, it doesn't make it right. Yes. Yes, I mean, unless unless he really feels he's speaking for most Americans. And why would anybody think that? <laughs> well, that's a good point. That's a good point. Any other religious things we want to tackle here? Oh, I don't know. Well, we, we could go on forever, but let's, let's save it for another show. I was a bit worried about the, the Catholics <laughs> using contraceptives, um, using religion as a smorgasbord of, of a, a sort of wide portfolio of faith. Mm. I, I was concerned <clears throat> with that when you said it. And in what way? Because if they, do it, if they do it in a clandestine way, they are not free. If they have to hide the control of their sexuality like that, yeah. Then that's not a freedom. It's not good enough to have the Pope saying uh, contraception bad and the congregation saying, yeah, yeah, all right, all right, and then taking the pill. That's not good enough. It just isn't good enough. As people look at those things, it doesn't take away their free will and they're still able to make their own choices. Now, some of those choices they're not may... truly free. They're not truly free if, but, they, but if they that's... can't make those choices and say, this is my choice, here I am, But that's also my a, That's also a choice. Uh, choosing uh, religion is a choice. 
Yes. Being being sick, um, being inflicted with disease is not a choice. Yes. But choosing to follow or, or choosing something to believe in is a choice. So it, if, it if you is. look at that that way, then it mm-hmm. is free will. It's a choice. I mean, there are, of course, countries still, even now, where being religious is not a choice. It's compulsory. And if you look at a country like Iran, for instance, yeah. you would find that it's compulsory. <laughs> so they say. Now, so they say. What they do in private may be a completely different thing. Yes, of course. They have to publicly So what believe, is this yes. need for this, this public-private dichotomy? What is the need? If, if we really don't need religion anymore, or if we really do need religion... Why don't we either have it or not, but not do this piecemeal, clandestine, slightly dishonest thing? I imagine God's very upset about this. You mean forcing people? Well, no, if, if, if you know, take Iran, you know, the, 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 the government edict is that you are religious. The private, the private policy is that I am not religious or, or, or I am religious. It's, it's all a it, little dishonest. It's, it a, it's an individual choice. Still, no matter what, any you, for example, you can pass all the laws that you want in in any country and say, you know, you must follow this religion. Not everybody's yes. going to follow it to the letter, and that's. But they're going to say that maybe they do in public just to, of course, uh, avoid persecution or prosecution in some cases. Yes. But um, until, until that's, they have the thought, that's not the yes. that's not the person who is making the choices fault. No. Yes. I mean, <laughs> no, yes. Yes, exactly. I'm just looking for a more open faith, I think, than, than would be provided, say, by Catholicism or perhaps by Judaism or Christianity. Um, but I think that people have already found that by taking a look at the religion that maybe they've grown up with and still able to make those choices of not following to the letter i mean so, that's 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 how a lot of the different sects of of christianity came about i mean it was first course. obviously you know the the roman catholic church and then you've got uh, martin luther and then you've got the methodists and you've got the baptists and you've got all those other sects i mean those are the ones that that have kind of splintered off and mm-hmm. there were probably a lot of private ones that are within those groups that some people believe everything and some people don't believe as much as, as others, and they've just kind of made it their own. And, and mm. there's nothing wrong with that. No, I, there's nothing wrong. Are you saying that religion evolves in the same way that language does? It sort of, it sort of splinters and well, incorporates could, other ideas? Then it would splinter so much. The... the um, the logical conclusion is that it would splinter so much that every person has their own religion with its own name and its own church. The best way I had it explained to me was from a guest that we had on show number 33, who was a Sumaya, who was a spiritual counselor. And yeah. Sumaya was that. Right. And yeah. I, I asked her the question, is there one true religion? And her response was that it's like rivers that start out and they all come together into the ocean. In other words, there's only one God. There's only one light. And however you get there to that one point is okay. 
Mm. If that if makes sense. Yes, if if only everybody would agree that the journey they decide to take is is as legitimate as anybody else's journey. Yes. Then um, we wouldn't have all, a lot of the crap that we we're in now. Right, and what what as, as you said, where the problem where the problem comes is with tolerance of other people. Of exactly, it's all to do with tolerance, <clears throat> believing that your way is the right way, and which of course is is nonsense. Right. As you were as you were quoting Sue Mayer, uh, I was reminded of an English writer. There's an English writer called C.S. Lewis, who's probably most famous for writing the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the Narnia Chronicles, uh, yeah. which is a sort of Christian allegory for children. Uh, and in one of his books, not not the Narnia books, but in one of his other books, he said that we are all ripples from the one great pebble tossed into the pond. And I think that's kind of what Sumeya was saying, you know, the, the dif different ripples, but but one God. Yeah. So yeah, it's like ex exactly. Check, mm. out, check out show number 33. Yeah, we'll, we'll listen to it. Oh, look, he mentioned C.S. Lewis here. There you go, you see. C.S. Lewis, who should have known better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I tell you, when I've when I've read the whole book, I'll be able to quote with more authority. When Lyndon has finished the Gospel according to Dawkins, he'll be, <laughs> he'll be fully expert. He'll be able to take God on in an argument. Well, yeah, I I may not be able to disprove the existence of God, especially when he's in front of you arguing the case. It's going to be tricky, mate. It's going to be a tricky one. Oh, dear. <laughs> Anything else on the religion side you want to talk about or tackle or philosophy? Well, it's, it's endless. <laughs> I'm, honestly, I'm buckling under the weight of my, my own uh, thoughts, which are just too much for have, me to deal with. Have my responses made any sense? Yes. Yes. Actually, very... Um, very good, actually. Anything you want to know about religion in America that maybe you're mm. you're seeing? Um, I met. I haven't. When I've been in America, and I've I've rarely met them here. I've I met on my travels quite a few born again Christians or people who refer to themselves as born again Christians. We call them the Holy Rollers here. Right. The Holy Rollers, <laughs> and. Uh, some we of them, call them here, I think they're called the happy clappers here. Are they? Yeah. Well, they were... They weren't like the... They weren't like the people you get here. These were, were people... These were people who were... They were very focused. And very... They seemed to be on drugs a lot of the time. Wow. Were they on drugs or they just seemed to they, be? No, they just seemed to be. Particularly right. when... When they started talking about their faith, right? They, they were they were on God. They were on drugs and not their at their bottom. And then God saved them, and and now they. No, were no, no, I, I think that I don't mean that. No, no. Oh. What I mean is, what, no. What I mean is that they seemed quite normal people until they started, until they met another one, and it was like this mysterious club, and they would start start talking in another way, almost like they were talking in another language. Like it was a, a Masonic ritual. It was very. 
was very odd. It was suddenly everybody else was excluded, and they are they were... still speaking English? Or yes, they... they're speaking right, English, I, I, but there suddenly... is this thing of speaking in tongues. Isn't they're there? suddenly to... they're suddenly talking in not riddles. They're talking in scripture. No, not scripture. No, no. They're talking in. I can't find the word. More like a script, not rather than a script. Right, I see what you're saying. Um... Very odd, very odd. And I wondered whether the, the born-again Christians or the holy rollers uh, would believe that they're following everything in the Bible to the letter. They, I presume that that's the whole, the whole thing, that they would believe that the earth was created 6,000 years ago and all this kind of literal stuff that they believe. Well, I'm sure that there are, as mm. as life goes on, and and I think as as people become more and more exposed to lots of different information, lots of different opinions, which weren't available, for example, 200 years ago. Yes, I think that they're at least open to you know, the possibility of that. There, I mean, there are some people that probably take everything in the scripture literally. <laughs> Um, yes. You know, if you want to take a look at, you know, how the Bible was written, for example, well, it was written 400 years after the death of Christ. Yeah. Um, and it was with letters and it was with stories handed down. That would be like today, us going back and rewriting the story of the pilgrims. Yes. It, Without we, much uh, to go on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, other than stories that were handed on down from generation to generation. and There was... With, and yeah. without the letters, and so you know, obviously you've got some potential there for um, editorial comments. You've got uh, <laughs> potential there for not getting it right. Um, you, for me, I just don't take it literally. I, I I do believe in God. I do believe in Jesus Christ. I I I've read the Bible. I can take certain things out of it and say, okay, that makes sense. I can take a look at it at some of it and say, I think that is just somebody's opinion. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, to each their own, and however anybody wants to look at it is just fine with me. Mm. What uh, is the Bible, Bill? What is the Bible? Is it the Word of God, or is it a kind of, uh, what I would call a Haynes manual? That won't mean anything to you, but in the in the 60s they printed a lot of books on how to mend cars, and they were called Haynes manuals. Is it is it a, a Haynes manual for life? I think it is a collection of some fantastic literature, and I yeah. think it can be stories of inspiration if you look at it. Um, is it the uh, be-all, end-all to right and wrong? I don't think so. Is it the Word of God? I think it reflects the goodness in God. Right. Does it? Do you think, then, that the other, the other Bibles say the Quran or the Bhagavad Gita or whatever other books there are or the God delusion do the, do the <laughs> or the God delusion yes um, do you think that they are writings expressing the same the same God if you like expressing the views of the same supernatural being I think it is a cultural and regional type of book that reflects that particular region or that particular um, person or culture. I mean, you know, obviously you've, you've got different races 
it would only make sense that you would have different religions, and they would also see that in their different perspectives to where they are in the world and what type of things that uh, are important to them and their culture. Yes. Yes, the, um, I mean, presumably the stories that were written in the area where the Bible was, was set, if you like, have been... Adapt, they must have been adapted then because the culture would have been quite different from the cultures in other places, particularly the culture now. Well, well let's take a look at the Bible, for example. The, the things that went on went on in the Middle East, and the book was written by monks in Europe. Right. So it's a completely different culture. Yeah. Was it written more it, it, translated it, by monks in Europe? Pardon? Because, I mean, I, I watched a program quite recently on, um, I can't remember which channel it is, uh, where they, they were putting forward the fact that they'd found a gospel of Judas. Well, there were many gospels. Which was, which was much more contemporary with Jesus. It was much closer to his life. But it had been suppressed because um, it portrayed, it actually said that Jesus had told uh, Judas to betray him. And it was his destiny. And, and he, was, he was the other half. He, 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 it was his role to play the evil part. Yes, there are, there are a lot of letters that were edited. Like I said, there, you know, they, there are, are chapters and there were different sects of Christianity that were obviously considered for the Bible that didn't make it, didn't make the cut. Right, yeah, they so, didn't. That's right. There were, there were many Gospels which didn't Right, and, and so what, they, what so, the scholars so, so, did... So the, so the, I'm just a bit confused that the book itself is a work of man. It's um. Well, I think it's a work of man. It's 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 completely a work of, of man. Yes. Some kind of explanation. Some kind of parody. I don't want to say the word parody because it's got a negative connotation. Well, negative it's it's a it's media. I mean, right. if you take a look at the time when it was discovered, I mean, it is a media. You know the yeah, letter. Like, the letters were the way of recording things. You know the gospel yeah. were ways of recording things. Well, then you get back into the monks, and then you get back into the Gutenberg Bible. Did Steve well. Gutenberg write the Bible then? Steve who? Did Steve Gutenberg write the Bible then? <laughs> no, but the the, the 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 Bible, the Gutenberg Bible, was one of the first books published. Right. So that's a medium. That makes it a medium. That makes it like yeah, television yeah. or radio. It's almost like a, a newspaper that was came out 400 years too late, ah. or later than it was but, written. Or, or, re, or reporting. But the, the thing yeah. with it is, you know, uh, if the original question is, you know, do you believe in everything in the Bible, I'm sure that there are people that do. I particularly don't, but I don't have any, mm -hmm. um, I'm not, how should I say, holding anything against them. I mean, if they want to share their opinions and this is the way it is, it's like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, yes. Just don't come to my house and beat me over the head with a baseball bat because I don't believe <laughs> well, it, you. No, it's subtler than that. Yeah. It's, I mean, are there schools, are there examples of, of schools that won't teach, say, evolution because it, it runs contrary mm. to, to what, what a fundamentalist opinion of... There uh, is a movement, isn't there, against the teaching of evolution in schools? Is that right, Bill? But how can that be when there's the Internet? I mean, you know, kids can get on and find just about anything on the Internet that they wish. 
Yeah. You know, people, yeah. people can go to public libraries and research their own beliefs if they wish. This they is, can, but this ch- is the children are children are quite vulnerable, right. and we're talking about young children. This is the the information age, and if uh-huh. if kids want to find out anything about the world or find different opinions, that obviously they can. the 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 thing is, um, when it gets into the wrong hands or the wrong viewpoint or somebody that is quote unquote mentally ill, um, sometimes they can use it. To everybody's, oh, what's the best way to put that? They can use it against people, or they. So, can. are you suggesting? Are you suggesting that that some religious zealots are mentally ill? I think that some mentally ill people use religion as an excuse. <laughs> okay, yellow yeah, yeah. Yes, actually, some <clears throat> some mentally ill people are religious zealots. <laughs> of course, I mean, of course, it's gonna it's gonna happen. I think it's the same. It doesn't really, you know, it might be. You know, if you're mentally ill, you might choose cornflakes as the means to, you know, wreak your havoc. Hey, of course. You know, and, and, it's a vehicle. In any psych ward across this country, mm-hmm. there are probably four or five people on any ward that think that they're Jesus Christ. Yes. and, and They can't be because I am. You know, it's, it's quite simple. <laughs> no, there's more than one. But the thing with that is that if you take a look at... Um, what people really believe and how is it affecting them either socially or politically, I think that that people are able to either take a look at it and and decipher it. I also think that until it actually becomes law or it, and actually be presented in law or there is a strong movement for a religious belief to be put into law, I think everybody just needs to relax. And are you are you feeling? Are you feel? Do you feel sure that there's enough um, checks and balances to to keep to keep? Uh, it's difficult, isn't right. it? To keep law a secular rather than than biblical. Oh, absolutely. And is that is that the, is that the right way to go? Should law be worldly and and faith be biblical? Should they be separate and divided? Church and state should remain separate, shouldn't they? Well, that's the way it, it's. It's in the Constitution. And See, we don't, we don't have a Constitution, so it's more confusing for us. It is more confusing. But yeah. I also think that there is probably the common sense, which is that politicians are not going to do anything too crazy so to the point where they're unelectable. And, and what you're suggesting would probably put them in that category. It's happened before. I mean, we've had, we've had <coughs> Stalin, we've had Hitler, we've had Pol Pot, you know. Somebody allowed those. Somebody allowed those people to get to their position of power. But they didn't come up in England. Uh, Well, we had uh, Oswald Oswald, Mosley. Oswald Mosley. But then we did kind of. But he wasn't running the country, was he? No, no, he was. uh, He didn't get that far. He didn't get that far. No, he was. Right. He was kind of actually a laughable figure. Right. Exactly. He was a laughable figure that would never get elected to prime minister. But there's not much that's difference true. between England Mind and you. Germany. You know, that's that's Europe. It's Hitler was Hitler was a, a laughable figure before 1933. People laughed at him, just said he was a fringe mad twit. Yeah, but the world has changed a bunch. the The world has records of those atrocities. The world has the ability to say, "Let's not go down that road again." 
I do hope so. I hope so. But it also, so. the world also has revisionists who want to say that it never happened. And revisionists in very high places, there's a, there's a chap, quite a powerful chap at Oxford University, who's oh, yeah. a serious revisionist, saying it's all a Zionist myth. And it never, and the Holocaust never happened and all this stuff. Right, but those guys are the 1% crackpot minority. Listen, he's a big yeah. heavyweight professor at it Oxford doesn't, University. It doesn't matter. And we're going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> we're off to get him tomorrow. It, That's what we, we're wondering what to do tomorrow. It doesn't matter. I mean, he, he can be, uh, you know, unless he's, even if he's prime minister, I mean, he's, if he came out with that type of view, he wouldn't get far because he would still be in the minority and his opinion still doesn't make it law. I think sure, these things as long as are, it stays in the minority. As long as it does, but I do think these ideas are very attractive and very infectious, <clears throat> particularly if you have an ignorant, <clears throat> you need a lot, you need a lot stricken, of immobile a, race. But see, I think I think you need to give people in the industrial world, um, which I'm thinking of, you know, the United States, Britain, France, mm -hmm. Germany, Australia. I think you need to give all those cultures the benefit that they are intelligent enough that they would never let that happen. I would say yes to everybody except France. <laughs> we would... <laughs> well, which is an English joke because we're constantly at war with France. Has England ever... Even though we're allies. Has England ever liked France? <laughs> well, I don't remember a time, no. France is silly. Silly no, little country. They, <laughs> we've, we've, we've hated them for at least a thousand years. And we've beaten them twice, which is very good. Yes. <laughs> Neighbours always hate their neighbours. I mean, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Um, but you also have a... Where, where is that museum that I was hearing about? Which is... Is it just been completed? It's it's called, a, I believe, a Museum of Creation. Yeah, I think it's and like it, in Kentucky or something like and that. Yeah, it, it's been built... Um, what worries me is that it's kind of being... being paraded as a as a factual account. Paraded by who? Um, well, the, the people who built it, I think. And who, is, and who is bringing that message to you? Where did I hear about this? It's this message was it's brought the, to you it's, by... It's the media. It's the media. It is the media. And Victoria said something. It actually made the news over here. It made the news, so that would be it, BBC. It's, um, yeah. you're, you're right, Bill, it, of course. It was... Uh, it was a BBC news story because you know because it was interesting and yeah. and odd. And they got um, nothing else to talk about. But that doesn't mean that the entire United States says, "Oh boy, that's a really great idea." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but is it is it um is it well known in the states this this place or is it is it just a, a fringe thing? I think it is like uh, the dinosaur ranch. You know, where you can go out and see, you know, ceramic things of dinosaurs. Oh, no, really? It's something cheesy. They found a new dinosaur no, yesterday, but, didn't they, in but, China? But that's about as much serious... I mean, do are there people that out there take it seriously? Probably. Do the majority right, right. of Americans see that as something that's worthwhile? I doubt it. Right. It's a bit of news spin on that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a lot of news spin, and it's it's one of those, look what's going wrong in America. You know, it's right, like, right. like I have a question from the guy from Norway. Is the Ku Klux Klan coming back? 
And yeah, it yes. was because it was just a little bit of a, a an article in the, in the newspaper that they'd gotten 10 more members or something like that. <laughs> and it's like, no, well, you know. Of course, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's we have the same over here. We've got this party called the British National Party. And once every 10 years, one of their thugs will get voted onto a council somewhere, usually Brent or somewhere like that, which is a really deprived bit of London. Southall. Uh, yeah. And then the, the whole thing goes bananas for a couple of weeks and there's yes, usually there's, a riot in East Lane. Because there's a few a few councillors get voted in, yeah. But the, the ideas don't take hold, but I don't think we should be uh, well, we can't be cavalier about it. Because no. They, as no, I said but, before, but these all, ideas are infectious. They but, are like an infection. But, but here's the other thing I will say is that take things that you see from the American media with a grain of salt. Yes. Yeah, because they're filtered firstly through your media and then secondly yeah. through ours, and everybody's got an axe to grind. And I'm, I'm sure that you, I'm sure that there's a lot of stories which come from here which get rather twisted and spun by the time they get to the States. Well, or the amazing thing to me with just with this conversation is saying, you know, you're telling me this stuff is like, how would anybody think that? We don't, <laughs> I mean, we don't think about that, but see, that's. That's part of, I think, what the internet media and the the filters of just regular people talking to regular people without having the editorial content. What this opens up is just a real comparison of what are you guys really thinking? Yeah, and of it's course like, the. I can see the internet is a double-edged sword because you can get, you can really get at the truth, but you can also be fed misinformation even more than you can on any media. Sure. As long as there are no advertisements, as long as no information is being used to sell advertisements, which is why I will watch the BBC as opposed to the ITV news, because I know the ITV news only exists for the advert break. Yes. Um, that's what's great about the BBC at the moment. That's what's great about guys like you. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure. It, I, I feel sure that it will be closed down as somebody realizes how much money you could make out of the internet. What will be closed down? You know that that it will be more and more difficult to have these kind of very open conversations. I don't know how they're going to police the internet. I mean, that's that's not even. They're not even anywhere near doing something like that. That, that would be yeah. like the Pope going into people's bedrooms. <laughs> oh, he does. Do you know? He, I'll tell you what, the Pope. Yeah, but, he's always he's always sniffing around my knicker drawer. Shut up, but Bill. You know that this this made me think of an interesting question. There are other stories from here, which you thought, no, I don't believe that. That that you've heard about something that's happened in this country. Um. You know the the things that that um, come to mind when yeah, we're doing we're doing that nineteen fifties yeah. wavy stuff here. Yeah. When the um, terrorists have been found in in Britain, and it yes. looks like these kids are basically just in the streets openly terrorists, and everybody kind of knows about it. It looks like, from my standpoint, <coughs> that. The British government is very tolerant of people who have terrorist backgrounds. And they will kind of let them fester until um, you know, they can perhaps find enough evidence on them uh, to do something about it. But it, it kind of looks like 
you know, if, if terrorists are going to get to America, they're going to go through England first. Is that true? It's possible. Hmm. I mean, we do. who was the chap with the hook? Was it Abu Hamza? Abu Hamza, who's just, just been deported. Was he, he the, hook, the hooky guy? The guy with the hand missing. Was that Abu Hamza? Yeah, I mean, he was here <clears throat> spouting filth for a long time. Well, we let, we let him stay here oh, for about stay. 15 years. Yeah. And he was just getting up and um, inciting people to kill all non-Muslims. Yeah. Because we were all infidels. <clears throat> we eventually... He eventually was extradited, doesn't he? He was. I don't know where to. <clears throat> Cornwall, I believe. So, so do British citizens see that as him being a crackpot, or do they say, okay, well, that's okay, that's his opinion, we'll just let him go? Uh, well, I don't know. I saw him as somebody potentially very dangerous. And see, that's the thing that, that the media leaves out, is that the, the media, when they bring that across, just mm -hmm. kind of brings it to us as, oh, by the way, this is going on in England, and you don't hear the... Um, average British citizen saying, you know, this guy's a nut job. I, I have a slightly different take in that I, I he has been deported, uh, and I think he's a much more dangerous animal as having been deported because it turns him into a victim, or I know he's alive, so he can't be a martyr, but it puts him on the road to martyrdom. See what the infidel has done to me. Um, mm. While he is here ranting his nonsense in the street, you can hear him and you can see him and you know what he's doing. While you, when you put him away, you can't see him, and he becomes much more dangerous, I believe. Yeah. <clears throat> well, so that might be an argument for tolerance. Yeah, all right. While he's standing on he? Hyde Park Corner, you know. But does, a lot but does the media need to portray that? Uh, yes, the, need, the media should. They should tell the whole story. That this this gentleman's views does not <laughs> represent the views of the rest of Britain, and rest of Britain is aware that he is despotic or whatever. But I don't, I still, as we were talking the other day about, <clears throat> about our civ civil liberties being somewhat curtailed mm. by the introduction of a lot of anti-terror legislation, it's, it does seem insidious, and I still believe that people should be able to stand up on a corner and say whatever they feel. There was and we have to accept that that could, that there, there is a price to pay for that, but we have to we have to there was a very that. famous case of a, of a lawyer I think defending a Nazi um, who was I mean I don't know when it actually happened but the, the, the famous quote is that he, he he said something along the lines of I, I abhor what you say but I will defend to the death your right, right to, to say, say it. it of course I don't know who said that and I don't know what it was about Vic probably knows being it's a, a well-known it's a well-known quote right I and, and I understand that the, the problem is that when that is broadcast on international media Mm -hmm. then the perception come, becomes that, oh, that's the way that country thinks. So, of course. so the, the impression of the UK is that it's a bit of a soft touch for terrorists. Yes. Is that what... And, right. and what, how did the... What was the perception of Britain when the, <clears throat> the IRA atrocities were at their height in the 70s and 80s? My impression was that <clears throat> if you were um, walking down the street any time in London... Um, much like my impression of Israel, yeah. that at any given moment you could just be blown to bits and it was just a war-torn area. 
<clears throat> well, right. it was like that, but it wasn't the IRA. That was just South London, you know, on a good day, really. That was just a Saturday, every Saturday night in London. But it's, um, I see what you mean, yeah, because, of course, I was living in London at that time, and, of course, we didn't, we didn't see it like that. Well, there was really, there have been four or five bombs in London. There was the Woolwich pub bombs. And then latterly, there was the guy guy who was blowing up all the gay. Oh, but that was just but a, that was way after the IRA. That was just a one-man crusade. Yeah. But in the in the news coverage of that, those things lead off the the news coverage, and it's like, okay, here's another one, and then the next day, okay, here's another one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so everybody's day, here's another one, and so the perception is, is that okay, well, they're just every day somebody's taking you know a bomb mm. and blowing each other mm. up. So the impression is, oh, those guys, those poor guys, they can't even step out of their front door. Right. It and certainly it, isn't it, like that in the UK now. You are filmed 300 times well, a day. Wasn't, it wasn't like that then. No, but what I'm saying is that the, the, the situation, if America thinks of the UK as a soft touch on the security front, it's not like that anymore. We're, we're living we in, in, a, in a George Orwell society now. Here in, in, in England, I don't know what it's like in the States, but it is like that here. You can't... If you go to a party conference, you cannot heckle the politicians. You will be arrested. If you, that was that was that was an embarrassment a, if for you, them. If you carry a placard within one square kilometer kilometer of the Houses of Parliament, making any political statement, and what is a political statement? Yeah, you'll I be ask, arrested. You will be arrested. If you wear a T-shirt on a pro-hunt, uh, you know the hunting lobby over here in the UK. They want to hunt foxes on horses. Um, if you wear a T-shirt saying bollocks to Blair, you will be arrested under the terrorism <laughs> law. Yeah. It's, it's quite strict over here now. It's and very it wasn't strict like that. over there. It wasn't like that before 9-11. It wasn't like that before 9-11. It really wasn't. You could say bollocks to Blair to his face at the Labour Party conference and he would say, well, that's your opinion. Well, yeah, I mean, um, we've got, I'm very glad you can say it. Blair is still <laughs> saying, when, when he gets heckled, Blair is still saying what you said before. He's saying... I disagree with you, but I'll defend your right to say it. Yeah, but that's as the heavies throw you out of the conference. Yeah, but that was that was a one-off for which they're embarrassed about. Whether that would happen again but, or not, but they we just don't the know. Law. You can't do that now. You can't actually go and shout at Jack Straw. I think it was Jack Straw that was heckled at the conference. You're not allowed to do that anymore. The I'm only not way aware, you can... I'm not aware of that. Yeah, this is uh, there was, uh, again another documentary that was was highlighting that the law has very surreptitiously <clears throat> been changed. I'm not aware that you're that they've made that illegal. Anyway, so, certain things. So freedom of expression is tolerated except when you take after a politician, correct? It seems to be going that freedom way. Freedom of speech seems to be under threat. That's what I, I'll tell me. you. The, the program got round it in a very nice way. They formed a barbershop quartet and stood up in the middle of a party conference and sang their objections. <laughs> uh, and the law does not cover that. You are entitled to sing in harmony at a politician. Yeah. So they got a barbershop quartet. But you're not, you're not allowed to say it, you're not allowed, you're to, allowed to sing it. That was the loophole they found in the law. And it was rather beautiful because the dumbfounded politician, Jack Straw, stood there shocked for about 30 seconds and then began smiling and conducting um, and then when they finished their song, they all very politely sat down, uh, and Jack Straw said, well, apparently some people think what I'm saying is nonsense. Because <laughs> the, the song, the song was, uh, just contained the word nonsense, nonsense. didn't it? Yeah. So yeah. in other words, not only can you protest, but you can entertain a few folks next. That's or- it, yeah. We are inventive. <clears throat> Our political dissent is quite artistic. And now, coming up, 
for our next number, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> Indeed. Choose life, kids. Yeah, just <laughs> say no. Just say maybe. Mm. Just say all right, I'll have one of the pink ones. Yeah, so we'll, we'll do... Um... We'll do another show a bit more focused next time. <laughs> That's right. I think I've, I've I think I've got two shows here, so this this'll this'll be something that uh will uh yeah, we'll 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 release one uh this month yeah. and one next month and and uh, that ought to be fun. So I've got fa- I've got far more incomprehensibility to s- spread <laughs> s- spread. The thing you will note about us is disseminate, that we're not, disseminate. We're, we're not focused, uh, and that's you uh, will hear that when you listen. Problem. When you listen to the album, you will hear a rather delightful lack of focus. You won't be able to pigeonhole it, and thank God for that. And and it comes out. It's just it's because who we are. Yeah. We can't focus. It ain't country. It ain't western. <laughs> <laughs> it's original. <laughs> I don't know that it's original, but it's it's very very. Multi-influenced. Um, uh, what what people say is that it sounds very English, or Americans say it sounds very English. But yeah, we are we have we are quirky, in that English way. <clears throat> See, I love the record, so it might might be my cup of tea right there. A cup of tea. It might be. Your cup what a good tea. idea! Let's all have a cup of tea. Okay, we've taken up enough of your time, Bill. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, thank you, and um, yeah, we, we probably should quit while we're ahead here, huh? I think so. We're going to be off on something else very shortly if we're not careful. Okay, Alex yeah. and Lyndon, do you want to tell about your shows and also tell about your band and how people can find out and, and listen to your music? Well, we just want to keep people. Uh, Remembering to look for Ask Lyndon because it will appear at some point. To know about the band and to listen to the music, to buy the album, which you all must do. The whole of America must buy our album now. Yes, and the reason for that is? You must go to catsaway.com and you will be taken through a a series of instructions whereby you will become the proud owner of our (laughs) album, Good Grief. And we'll have a link from our website to your website so people can find it very, very easily as well. Thank you very much. Alex and Lyndon, thank you so much for being our guests this week on You Are the Guest. Thank you very much for having us. And thank you, Homeland Security. (laughs) If you'd like to be a guest, it's real easy to find out how. Just go to our website at www.youaretheguest.com and click Be the Guest for all the details. That concludes this week's edition of You Are the Guest from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa. I'm Bill Grady. Thanks for listening.